0: you're listening to the Greenhorn podcast, two brothers discuss their journeys to the trials and tribulations of life. My name is Neil, and alongside my brother Gordon, we hope to share our stories and experiences as we raise our families, pursue our dreams, and share our thoughts on anything that interests us.
1: In this episode, we're going to do something a little bit different. It's not going to be me and Neil having a conversation between the two of us, as you'd come to expect over the past few episodes. I have... Decided to pull some episodes that I recorded for a Greenhorn Fitness podcast out of the archives that I've never actually published. These are conversations with fitness professionals about their journeys, about their lives, about how they might be able to help individuals with their sort of health and fitness journeys. I didn't want to waste them, I wanted them to be something that was a bit interesting, and hopefully, we can intertwine them with the Greenhorn podcast that we currently have. I do hope you enjoy these episodes, I hope it's something that you can take away from them. As always, if you have any questions or queries or comments, please follow us on Instagram, maybe check the episode out on YouTube, and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Greenhorn Fitness Podcast, I think we am going to call it Greenhorn Fitness Podcast, okay, I don't on, know if I should, start with, <laughs>
0: should
1: I start with that. You want to start with that? Take one. Yeah, yeah. Go with it. I think I'm going to go, okay, right. Yeah, go with it. Welcome to the Greenhorn Fitness Podcast. In today's episode, I've also said today's episode just because I don't know if you're going to be the first, even though you are the first, but you might not be the first. I really want all of this to make the cut. (laughs) I think it should. In today's episode, we have Mr. Paul Standel. Now, I've, (laughs) I've had to have
0: that said
1: properly because he did correct me when I called him, because
0: I used to call him Standel. You also, the very first, so Gordon was my first ever coach, and he spelt my name wrong. Did I? For the entire, what, two years we were together? I You never corrected it. It was stand-all the entire time. Excellent. Well, so, you know. um, there you go. So,
1: I care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to have to stay in. Right. In today's episode, we have Paul Standel. He is a personal trainer, an online coach. And if you do want to delve into his Instagram, which I'm sure he'll drop in at the end of this podcast, at some stage, he's currently exploring a whole bunch of exercise, mechanics, maths, on his instagram page so i think that's quite a cool and interesting and different thing rather than just charlotte selfies that we're actually going to be talking about today (laughs) um, we are we are going to use both a podcast and a youtube video format so if you are listening on the podcast hello thank you for joining in but if you want to see some of these pictures in real life we will be talking about during the podcast you can check out the video episode which will be uploaded onto my youtube channel The format of these podcasts, I wanted to be a little bit different in the sense of it's not necessarily going to be about anatomy or about nutrition or those kind of things, but really actually exploring the journey, all of these different type of fitness people that I may include in this podcast and what kind of journey they've gone through. So we've got a bunch of pictures of Paul. He's going to talk about them. I'm going to ask a bunch of questions and hopefully we'll have an interesting conversation about the processes and things and feelings he's gone through during his health and fitness career, and even his journey, because you weren't always a personal trainer. No. Um, so that, I suppose that leads nicely into,
0: who is Paul, and uh, what does he do? That is an ambiguous question. Who is Paul? Well, so as as Gordon said, I'm, I'm a personal trainer and have been for, I think this is my 11th year, something like that. I have a performing background, so I went to drama school, of all things, many years ago uh, and did a three-year acting degree, which is super important because you need that piece of paper to say you can act, otherwise you, you can't act. It's just the rules. <laughs> How many actors actually have an acting degree? Quite a few, but that's mainly so, you know, out-of-work actors can have a career teaching other actors, oh. so it's not a, not a degree. Well, oh. I, didn't, I didn't go to my graduation because I refused to stand there next to lawyers and people with a computer science degree and, you know, have the hat on and throw it in the air and do all that stuff would we'll be like... I can act now. <laughs> like, it, it just seemed wrong.
1: I mean, it's probably a bit deeper than that. I don't think you're quite going, I mean, there's obviously technical aspects of, of let, stage let and acting and whatnot. You yeah, probably that's the used. thing.
0: Uh, okay. Like, you can get better as an actor. You can train as an actor, for sure. But it's not a degree. Like, not every bit of training has to be a degree. An electrician doesn't get a degree. Like, you could just no. do that almost apprenticeship style. Like, back in the day, they used to have what's called rep theatre. Oh. And so rep theatre would be... You'd have one, let's say, in the county of Worcestershire or whatever county you decided to kind of be from. You'd have uh, a troop of actors that usually be about 30 and you'd be performing one show every evening. And then while that's on for that month, you'd also be rehearsing for another show. Right. And then you'd switch them around and you'd get better from doing that. That's what Ian McKellen and co. came from. And I would say there's more value in that probably than a drama school. Okay. So we did we
1: did the drama school thing. We did a little bit of the acting, did the stage stuff. Yep. Um, then then what, what did you do? Where did you who, who? Like again, you know, who is Paul? He was an actor. Now he's
0: a personal trainer. What do you do? Yeah. So, well, I suppose you've got to go back earlier than that. So my fitness stuff started because as a teenager, I had I just had shit acne for oh. until from like thirteen till I was about twenty three. And that you can kind of see bits of it in the first picture we've got. And so now during school, yeah, I had acne, but I was also moderately active, just sporty-wise. And so I had bad acne, but my body was distinctly average teenage boy, right? <laughs> right. Nothing horrendous, nothing great. It was r- middle of the road. And then when school finished for me and I went to sixth form, we had to, you know, get this I lived was from in the sticks, right? So I had to get this bus for an hour into town. I, I too am a, a sticks person. There you go, right? And so this bus would drop me and my friend who got on the same bus off at the the bottom of a hill that we had to go up towards college. But at the bottom of this hill was the best sandwich shop the world's ever seen. It was called the number one sandwich bar, and they weren't lying. They did the world's best bacon, egg, and sausage sandwich. So every morning, pretty much, we would start by getting that breakfast, walking up that hill. And then getting another breakfast at college and then doing the college thing and in between that, skills, Mars bars, oh, yeah. just whatever snacks we're kicking around. And then drinking a load of beer and cider and everything else that we could get our kind of hands so, on so in the evening. So this is the, the first picture that we have? Not of- quite actually. Oh, right. So it's even before then. No, no, no. That's that's after that's during drama school, that, oh, that wow. photo right there. But as a result of all of this college stuff, the eating and drinking and stuff, doing that a lot more, but without any of the exercise I'd previously been doing. I was now a combination of spotty and chunky. And that combo, turns out, doesn't go so well for attracting the other the other sex. <laughs> so I, was, I wasn't doing so well. Uh, and I thought, well, if I can't do anything about my skin, I can at least get in shape. So I joined the college gym. It was called Sixth Sense. And I went every day for like two hours a day. I think I went six days a week, which meant having to go into town to a college on a Saturday, wow. um, I did, you know, an hour, I think it was an hour of running followed by an hour of just all of the machines in this small gym. I set the record for like attendance for every month. I was kind of a member there. Committed. I, yeah. A little obsessive, you might find, is a trait of mine. And, well, it's a driver, isn't it? You know, I, yeah. want, I want to have sex, then uh, I'm going to go to the gym two hours a it's day. It's a soup. And <laughs> uh, here's the record. It helped. So when people say it doesn't help, I'm going to tell you they're lying. It's, so I went from about 16 stone and, you know, not the good variety, 16, 17 years old, to about, to about 10 and a half in oh, wow. like four months. It was something kind of like that. Okay. It was, it was pretty aggressive. I also then went on holiday, got a tan, my skin cleared up. I came back, I was like, it was great. I had this proper glow up. And, uh, and then suddenly girls were interested in me and I was like, oh, great. And so I acted like an asshole for a while. And... You know, you learn lessons from that bit too, and then the acne comes back and you have this whole kind of mess of stuff. But yeah, it really started just as a way of overcoming the inadequacies of of having a skin full of pus. and and trying to compensate for that, really. Yeah, I suppose that's, you know,
1: that is the gym, really, isn't it, to a certain Mm. extent? Certainly for boys. um, And, you know, girls probably at the same time, but we're both blokes, so what else? What do we know about women? Not very Um, much. So, ultimately, that leads us probably into one of the first kind of pictures. So, Mm. as Paul says, he did a bit of drama school, then he started his health and fitness journey, if you will, going to the gym. And that obviously led into some sort of career in the fitness industry because you just naturally start to become passionate about it and then, ultimately, people ask you, oh, you've got in great shape, I want to help you out. So... (laughs) On the first comparison we picture we have yes. is, uh, is, I think you alluded to it already, is the, the drama school picture yeah. versus Paul in a lovely shirt on the
0: beach. Powerful. T- tell, me, <laughs> tell me why you selected this picture. and yeah, what Well, I though? was looking for different ones. I found two that I could have chosen for this one. One was actually from back when I was 16. It's a pic- I don't have many photos from back then because I tried to avoid the camera. And, but there is one of me sat in this pub called The Spread Eagle, drinking drinking a pint, and I just, ah, oh, I look awful. But I was like, should would I use that one by itself? So it was either that or or this one. And this particular photo is in drama school. It's in my third year of drama school. I was doing a play called Bluebird, and that photo there is me playing a uh, racist asshole essentially. Oh, um, excellent. Was, yeah, yeah, he was a member of, like, the EDL, so he was just a bit moody. But... I was also at that point taking Roaccutane, which is a medication for acne, and I'd gained a bunch of weight. My face had kind of swollen up, but this, I mean, the positive was that the skin had cleared up, but my face swelled up kind of as a result. And I just felt just really low in confidence and super insecure. And it's a weird thing to be an actor with acne because it's, it's almost like two competing and opposing drives. One is you know, you're an actor, and part of an actor is, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. And then having acne is, don't look at me, don't look at me, don't look at me. Wow. So you, it, it was a difficult thing. And, you know, I see lots of stuff at the moment that you should, you know, accept yourself as you are. And, you know, all bodies and faces are equal, and there's no difference between them all. And that all sounds lovely, and I get it, but it's a lie. <laughs> it's not true. And that doesn't mean those things are... are mean anything morally it doesn't mean that one body is morally worth more than another but if you think they lead to the same outcomes for your confidence or for the opportunities they provide you or for your success with the opposite sex or the same sex or whatever floats your boat I don't know if I can go down that road because I can't agree with it because it hasn't been true for me so, so did
1: about. that did that feeling then drive you to the gym or to pursue something in, in fitness or and was or was there something that someone did or said, you know, in the typical kind of rejection aspect of things or someone pokes up a, f- a joke and you're like, you know
0: what, actually, I'm going to I'm going to go to the gym <laughs> and, and prove start them doing wrong. Yeah. So was it either of those things? Uh, not specifically, and certainly not weight related. Like people used to make fun of my skin, but, you know, teenagers make fun of everything. So <laughs> like, I can't I can't hold you know, some of them are still my best friends. Like, I can't hold it too much against them that they mocked my face a little bit. So yeah, of course those things sting and scar and and, and stay with you. And of course that drove that. And to one degree, I'm still grateful for those things because attractive people very rarely develop a personality that's all that interesting. So often those formative years and the suffering you might go through through those formative years allow you to develop something that will last beyond just what you look like because what you look like is also potentially a depreciating asset like, you're going to get older, and I don't care who you are, you're not going to look better at 70 than you did at 20, unless you look... I'm holding out, quite hard You're frankly. holding out? One plan is to look awful at 20, and then just start And I think the
1: receding Pope hairline here is actually going to just flourish at some stage during my 70s. One can only hope.
0: So, yeah, it was... What was I just saying?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just about the attractiveness attractiveness aspect. So you were looking to obviously modify yourself in some way. And the gym became part of that modification to be able to become more attractive. So
0: so then through drama school, it was very much a a case of I used it for certain roles. Actually, the second photo we've got is the first time I sort of got in shape uh, during drama school. I was doing a, a Shakespeare play called As You Like It. And I'm sure we'll get into the ridiculousness that was my training regime and dietary approach at that time. But you know, I was I was committed to that. And the weird thing about about a, a drama school life, depending on how you want to approach it, is you know I played everything from an American footballer who needed to be big and bulky, and this deep South guy who you know said police and Burke and all that kind of stuff, to this old frail man, and I enjoyed the physical change of playing with that a little bit which is then kind of strange and difficult because you're going like okay when I play this one type of character there's a confidence that comes with that and part of that comes from the physicality of it and yada 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 and then I've got to get rid of that and lose all that and it's like ah shit okay so that's so there's this you know almost crisis of identity that probably any actor goes through and almost anyone who's well, anyone who's a young person goes through because you don't know who you are at 18, 20 and so on and so forth. So it takes time to figure that stuff out. And the gym for me was a formative piece of my identity and it still is a formative piece of, of my identity. So this so this second picture
1: we have is, is Paul shirtless, cl- <laughs> clearly flexing, you know, quite proud of himself and what he's achieved. Which looking back is hilarious. It is, and it's a very young face going on there. I think. 20 years old, right? Mm. So young guy. I think most most guys will probably relate to this. They, they suddenly get their abs. They start getting the, the testosterone relief from all the weight training and things they've been getting on. Uh. And was would you say you look back on this and that... Paul felt proud of what he'd achieved in terms of the hours he'd obviously spent in the gym, doing what he'd done. And then what did his training and diet look like at that (laughs) 20-year-old stage? I remember
0: going on stage. So that was in second year. In second year, you do shows mainly for the rest of the school. You don't have people come in and watch them yet. But I I remember an audience member who was in the year above me being like, like when I came on stage, or making some kind of like, oh, wow. And I heard some mutterings afterwards. I was like, yeah, it's working. So yeah, I was there. Of course I was proud. I mean, you get this is going to be a truism throughout all of the photos and for anyone who's ever gotten in, quote, unquote, shape. Or well, just even
1: just even feeling better. When you when talk about, like, in shape, it's actually, it's almost a feeling rather than is a
0: thing. Well, because the, the, it's so varied, isn't it? it like, in shape. 100%. Yeah. But my so, point was going to be that, though you might look better in a lot of people's eyes or look like, you know, they want to look, that gets to a certain point point where actually you become a bit less confident sometimes in your physique uh, because you don't really see in the mirror what reality is. You see some distorted kind of version of it. I wouldn't say I fully had that at this point. I was pretty proud of, of where I was at that stage. But you know, I was like, oh, well, this could be improved, and this can be improved, and, and that's so, going to be... So a, did you find a, yourself sort of maybe poking more holes in... Less at that point than we'll get on to with, with some of the others. At that point, it was like the first time I'd kind of been in that way, and I was like, this is great. And but- you're getting attention, yeah. like people saying hello, and they're like, yeah. oh, oh, how did you do that? Can yeah. I come to the gym with you? Like, can we be friends? Because you're so hot and lovely. <laughs> I mean, that bit didn't happen. <laughs> so, I mean, the training side for that, so... <laughs> that was, I used to get up, I, I cycled to to Italia Conti, which was my drama school. It's like a half an hour cycle each morning. And uh, then I would I'd do another 20 minutes of a skipping-based circuit with push-ups and sit-ups and stuff. Wow. And then the gym program I was following, I think I was in the gym four days a week. It was four or five, I forget at this point. It was following a plan that Dorian Yates had done, apparently. Good. And for those who don't know who Dorian Yates is, he is Five times, Mr. Olympia?
1: Yeah. I mean, six. Let's say six, right? Let's just big him it, up. If it's, it's, a knot. if it's more or less, who cares? But the, the big difference, he took a lot of drugs. A mm. lot of drugs. But, yeah, uh, you know, I
0: didn't know those were things thing at yeah. that, that point. I so, was like, so you were doing the. He said he was, you know, no one said he was taking steroids. So. So what was it? The dog, car, dog crap training or something? It was he used DC to do? training. No, DC training. So this was a lot of uh, rest, pause, right. drop set-y stuff. Hit stuff. Yeah, yeah. high yeah. intensity training. Although I think I basically ignored all the leg days, so I, <laughs> I think I might have done one a week. Yeah, this is why the picture doesn't actually have. Paul's oh yeah, legs in yeah, it. yeah. yeah. Is, I, I avoided training legs. Twenty years, they didn't matter. I want <laughs>
1: twenty-year-old 20 Paul didn't train legs. It's no. just pecs, arms, bit shoulders, 100%. some neck. On Always there. neck.
0: I've got a really long neck, it turns out that you'll find in some photos. <laughs> I didn't bring any of the photos where I'm neck heavy, right. but it's quite a long neck.
1: Okay, so we're, we're in the gym. We're doing the typical bro split. Mm-hmm. You know, this would have been back in, how old are we now? 30 odd. So it's about 10, 12 years ago, give or take. Yeah, so about 12 years. 2009. Ago. Not so much information on the internet. So you're obviously just finding it in magazines. I'm pretty and-
0: sure I, I either got this workout program and the diet plan off of the back of a Dorian Yates whey protein tub. Excellent. Or it was a magazine. I think the nutrition plan was off the back of the protein tub. And the plan was like a men's healthy, something like that. Okay. Supplements? Any supplements during this phase? I was poor, so not really. (laughs) (laughs) Whey protein was probably about it. Blending tuna shakes with a bit of salad cream, that kind of thing. Eggs, mate. I I hate... fucking hate cottage cheese, Oh, but eat it. slow-release protein. You of course, know? of course. So my evening was... Now, the way I discovered I could I could just about stomach it was I'd get my cottage cheese, and I'd put it on a slice of rye vita with some ham on the top, and Ooh. then just chow that down. All Breakfast right. every morning was uh, five boiled eggs, three whole, two egg whites, 100 grams of porridge made with water. I'm really glad you can remember this to the oh, gram. Yeah, yeah. Two slices of toast with peanut butter. And I used to I used to sit there with a full pint of water and essentially whole swallow deep throat these eggs because I wow. I was so bored of chewing by the time I got to wow. them I was like I, d- I don't know if I can keep doing this wow. so you just I like, just used a neck it and get it down okay so so the. Uh-
1: the confidence is reasonably high in this. Like you're feeling a bit better about yourself. Yeah, but I mean, I also had to cut out, there was no carbs after three. I should point this out at this point as well. Like, I think I think, I think, think the audience would definitely understand that that's a bro split, at least by this stage. Yeah. I hope people who have followed me for a reasonable amount of time
0: or anyone who discovers this, that's not how to do things. That's definitely how you should do things. Uh, <laughs> so I, once had a me- I once had a meal that was cold prawns and sprouts because wow. it was like five- Cooked prawns. Well, I can't remember. I don't know if I cooked them. I think I just defrosted them and ate them. And they smell so... They've been in my bag all day. Oh, wow. So when I took them out, like, people refused to sit near me. But I was like, wow. but I can't have carbs, so...
1: Right, so you, I was in you've, shape. You've, uh, your confidence levels are, are better. You know, you've got yourself into into what you deem as good shape. I still remember,
0: by the way, the McDonald's I had when I broke my diet the day after the show finished. It was yeah. one of the best meals of my life.
1: Wow. That okay. yeah, was great. Yeah, cool. Wow. Well. <laughs> so we've got confidence reasonably high, pretty bro split on what you're doing just kind of working it out and whatever else from there right mm-hmm. and you're getting a bit more attention and feeling a bit happier yourself and this is this is probably fast forwarding quite a bit i think we're moving on to the one that's the bo- the bodybuilding yes. aspect of things this is probably moving on what
0: maybe six seven years Ooh, eight years no not quite that much maybe five tops of six okay
1: so you're, you're 25 and, and again for no, maybe, those,
0: i, th- I want to say it was like 2014 okay so, so four or five four or five
1: right four or five years for those who are listening to the podcast aspect of things, this is Paul in a, a, a tiny pair of pants, very, very tanned, very happy with himself in terms of his flexing of his abs and what he's doing, <laughs> um, displaying a good package from that position. But yeah, talk us through this picture. Like, what What is this about? Um, what was it?
0: Why did you do it? How it come about? All so, those things. Yeah, so this was the first physique competition I did. You prepped me for this, by the way. Mm-hmm. If you don't remember that one, just to point that out for you folks back then. <laughs> I do, yes. In case he'd forgotten, he couldn't spell my name. Who knows if he remembers who I am. So, <laughs> thanks. this <laughs> He's a good coach, really. He just doesn't care who you are. So, this, this came back. So, the year before this, I think it was the year before this, I had... No, let's go back a bit. Two years before this, I did a play where I had to be naked in this play. And being naked on stage will motivate you to, to get in shape. As in as in naked naked. As in fully naked.
1: All right. For a good cool, frontal. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. For a, and that play went on for three or four months, something like that. Oh wow. So yeah yeah, I spent a lot of a lot of time naked. So that should that that will if that doesn't motivate you to stay in reasonable nick, not much will. So I'd gotten to this point, I'd been trained for a while, I was a PT by this stage, and I was like, okay, I can get to a pretty good level. <laughs> Half the reviews of that show were like, man is in great shape. I was like, oh, good. This is going well. And uh, so I was like, okay, maybe I should do a, like a photo shoot. So I think the year afterwards I, I did a photo shoot and that was the first time I'd prepped for anything. And I remember going through that and just being like, I... Don't want to prep myself again. There's too much to consider. I was worrying about should is this little fluctuation in scale weight? Should I adjust? Should I change anything? Should I this, that, and the other? And so I was like, right, I spend enough time thinking about fitnessy things being a PT. I want that to be someone else's problem, which is actually where I hired you. And then I think we had the best part of maybe a year or so on the back of the photo shoot I'd prep myself for. And then we kind of ran into this. I'd also, during that period, as gordon well knows had a bunch of mental health kind of problems through there so it was getting all that stuff together and then this was sort of the the back end of that and was the first competition that i had uh, that i'd gotten to it's certainly the leanest i've been possibly the leanest i've been to this day they are the world's most ridiculous pair of pants <laughs> by the, by this point thankfully we could have carbs after 3 p.m so that was great this was, you know, flexible dieting kind of at this stage, which was a revelation when it first came out. People who are new to the industry don't appreciate. No, what we went through. No, they do Quite don't. frankly, you no, know, these, these
1: 19, 20 year old bodybuilders are like, yeah, yeah. Who, who, who doesn't track their macros? You're like, No.
0: What we used to do
1: is we used to have a meal
0: plan. Yeah. And the meal plan, it didn't matter. You stuck to the meal plan. 100%. You couldn't swap an item out. No. It said apple. You can't have a banana.
1: No, exactly. And if it said 30 grams of peanut butter. It was 30 grams of peanut butter. It was
0: 30
1: grams of peanut butter. But even if you're allowed peanut butter, because that was obviously,
0: you know, was that that clean
1: or was it? Well, it's mainly omega-6s, so it's inflammatory. Yeah, I remember eating the
0: same thing you said earlier, like tuna straight from the can. Yeah dry and horrible yeah of course yeah I used, to, I used to add salad cream to it like light salad oh, cream just to
1: try and get it that's down the, that's the dream yeah and you couldn't track that on your macros because there wasn't an, an iphone or an no, app you to had to get a
0: notebook plan. out and plan it all out <laughs> yes. and try and figure out what this gave you
1: so this was a bit of flexible dieting a bit of re- not so much dog crap training anymore a bit yep. of hit training we were um,
0: recording training and putting but, it in spreadsheets
1: but how how did you feel like leading up to this competition obviously you talked about mental health issues to kind of either they'd maybe been there when you were younger or not but they kind of developed into something certainly Mm -hmm. more in your mid-20s yeah and then you decided to take on something that is psychologically demanding and alienating
0: yeah to be honest compared to so i had ocd was my particular um thing and you know compared to dealing with that Getting in shape and the mental difficulties of doing that and possibly the mental difficulties of the back end of that when you have to regain a bunch of body fat and you've built this identity on I'm the lean person, to be honest, that's a piece of piss compared to getting over OCD. And actually, a lot of the strategies and lessons you learn to deal with your mind and this inescapable train of thoughts that is just drilling into you at all times it's like, well, if you can learn to deal with that, if you've got this OCD thing, turns out the other stuff is, is relatively easy. So because actually during my first photo shoot prep, people around me thought, you know, you're, you're just not who you're not yourself kind of anymore. You do become this thing. But that wasn't it. It was just, that was coinciding with my OCD problems, which were related to relationship stuff. That which, again, makes me a great catch. Good, good person to have relationship with. I'd like to say I'm over that now in case anyone was watching this.
1: Uh, <laughs> Paul, or listening. Paul, Paul is single and on yeah, other dating apps out
0: there. other <laughs> <laughs> third Gordon Green on fitness podcast. Yeah, that's,
1: that's clearly the a dating thing. The
0: new dating book. And so, yeah, it, it, I never felt like at the time for that prep that my problems were had anything to do with the fact that I was getting leaner and, get, and hungry and, you know, a bit grouchy because of those things, which is definitely true. You do get hungry all the time and you do get grouchy and you have less enthusiasm all those things are true but they were not the source of my problems and so when it came to then this this prep i'd be lying if i said i found it you know crazy difficult it's hard there's no getting away from that like the last month to six weeks in particular mm. of most prep so when you're like You're basically a zombie. You know, I was getting through by just focusing on when's my next meal. Like, I'd have a meal. I'd feel like me for about an hour after the meal. And then, hour after that, I'd be like... And then into the third hour, nah, I was barely alive. (laughs) You're just going, I get to eat in an hour. Okay, let's just make it to then. And so... That's an almost inescapable facet. So why? But why did you do it? So
1: you obviously had like a reason for you know. When we look at the first picture that we had in comparison, you know, you were a bit by your description, not me. You felt chunkier. You felt less confident. You wanted to meet girls. You wanted to do things with them. You know, <laughs> take, take them, them to Nando's then you discovered the gym you got into to what you describe as as better in good shape you had a six-pack you were lean it built confidence all these kind of things especially if you're you know going on stage and getting naked multiple times over the number of months and then you moved into the bodybuilding thing and you you can kind of understand well this is why I got into shape because I was overweight and then I needed to get in shape because I was acting and I was doing those things but then why why do
0: bodybuilding like what was the point in that it's a fair i think it's it's a continuation like most people who start training don't start because they're like you know what i can't wait to paint myself ron seal dark wear a tiny pair of pants and and pose in front of strangers like you start by just being like i'd like to feel a bit less shit about myself but as with most things you you sort that becomes your new normal and so the the boundary gets pushed a little bit more you know if you if you earn 20 grand a year 25 is like okay great and then 30 is a bit more but then if you go back to 20, you're like, well, this is shit now. I was on 30 or whatever that thing is. And so I think we, we adapt and adjust and reset what we, we call our normal. And that by itself often resets our aspirations. So it's more like gradually pushing this thing up. And then I was also like... So, so
1: was this seen as more kind of like a, a progression of that? Yeah. In, in the sense that, you know, just getting in shape and then getting in even better shape. But then what's the pinnacle of getting into shape yeah. Well, it's the stage?
0: And there's also that bit where, you know, if you play a sport season by season, you usually have something to look back on. Oh, we competed in this cup. We did this. If you're training just to look reasonably good, the years can tick by and there's not that much to show for it. And you're like, well, I'm putting in these hours every single week. And like, what what did I have to show for it? And you don't have to have anything to show for it. But considering I was doing all these things, I was I was curious to see where I could be. Had I grown much muscle? What would that look like? What would it kind of be like? Would it be different going through this process and not having my life slipping away during the, the kind of same time? So kind of went through that. And yeah, it was, I, I don't regret it. Either. I think it, was, it so, was pretty useful and I felt pretty good most of the time, other than the hunger bit. So, did, did you know, there's almost also a progression here of the questions
1: really around happiness, I suppose, is one of my questions. You're obviously unhappy, so you wanted to change yourself. Mm-hmm. You did change yourself, yep. which I think where you were describing it, you felt happier. Yes. And then bodybuilding, did that result in a happier pop?
0: We'd have to subdivide happiness into... No, we don't. Yes, we, we do. You could just answer it. You no, could be I like, could because are you, this is me. Were you that. happier after that aggregation With of progression? With which facet of my life? All of it, like as a whole. Well, or it would you, depend would because, say- well, when I was doing that, was I also in a fulfilling relationship? Was work in a good place? Was Was I able to play music? Was I able to perform or do the other things I also care sure. about? Well, good all of them. Because if I... Well, there's a the thing, it's like... You can't separate that out from everything that's going on in your life at that time. And so getting in shape is but one facet that makes me happier or more content with myself of a laundry list of things that also do that. And so I can't say that bodybuilding didn't make me happier. I, bodybuilding itself and being in stage lean made me... No more nor less overall happy, I would say. It's, it was something to look back on and to be proud of an achievement to some degree and to be like, well, and also until you find that out, you don't know. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. How would you know? You're just listening to other people's words. You have gotta go there yourself to find that stuff out. It can get super selfish. And I think the first time or two that most people do it, they will end up learning a bunch of lessons from that because they'll lose too much of their life when doing that but i don't think that has to be the case and i'd like to think i'm an example of that not being the case because the
1: reason i raised that is just simply put in you know there's an element of aspiration a lot in in instagram or aspects of things when you look at someone they're like wow they're in incredible shape yeah you know they must be super happy they must Ah, be super successful so i must aim for that so the question really kind of revolved around this progression where the more you involved yourself within fitness and within this, leading up to something that would be classified as the pinnacle of of mm. in shape, yeah. if you will, then my, my question kind of revolves that around that happiness of whether or not you are a, a happier human being at that stage, and um, because of that progressive nature of, of I was fitness. I was happier with my
0: abs, <laughs> <laughs> but no, not overall. And part of that also then I think comes down to like, well, what do you get out of it? Like if you're so, if you're a genetic freak who's got a chance of being Mr. Olympia or, you know, the next Steve Cook, you can make a whole career, a crapload of money, set yourself up for life and develop this whole thing from doing that. And so is that worth it? Maybe. Maybe that, that is. If you're not like me, I'm not going to ever be that, that particular person. Is it going to be worth it? That's a question only you can find out and answer. Because that's fair enough. You know, this This podcast is about you, fair. and that's
1: why I direct that question at you in terms of, because it's just quite interesting when we consider the idea of people who we look up to and what we think they are and who, who we think they are as a person and whether they're actually happy, yeah. and I think that's why I, I wanted to ask that question, just because maybe you were, maybe you weren't, and if you
0: were neutral about it, then, then fair enough. You can't say I was completely neutral, because I wouldn't have done it if I was completely neutral. Like you don't aim at things you're neutral about. Uh, depends on what the outcome of it is, isn't it? What a, Name one thing you aim at that you don't care about at all. Breathing. <laughs> You'll care about <laughs> breathing if you stop.
1: <laughs> anyway, um, to, the, to the next picture. I took these pictures. You did? Funnily yeah. enough. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah t- tell me, why have you picked? So basically, for those, again, who are listening to the podcast, it's a comparison of Paul's used a real life versus insta-life. So yeah. it's him, you know, striking a funny pose, holding two dumbbells by his crotch. And then <laughs> the other one is a very pensive. Would you would just call that a pensive? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, pensive look, kind of flexed. The middle, the middle distance there. Yeah, the kind of, you know, the actor. That, was it the smell-the-fart acting?
0: Something like that, the um, Triviani school. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, talk us through this picture. Why did you choose it? What's so that about? I chose this because it reminds me that this isn't me. Like, there was a trend in the industry, and there is still a trend in the industry, to be like, this is real life, but this is insta-life. And it's bullshit, and I went along with it. But the reality is, it's both real life. Like, I am both the person who will stare off into the middle distance, and that is me and my body at that time, and that is what I look like. That's not insta-life, that's fucking real life. Also, here's me pulling a retarded face. Like, that is also real life. And yet, you know, I I, I went along, because... We're all figuring out who we are. And so, you know, you see this trend and it's doing well. and It's getting lots of likes. So I was like, oh, that's what you have to do. I've got to do this one where I also show a comparison that I don't really believe in but and kind of go through it. So to me, that was a bit more of a reminder of just like, yeah, that's not me. I, like, I would stand by either of those things. And so to call it real life versus Insta life is to jump on a thing that I think is horseshit. And yet I did it. <laughs>
1: so <we're, clears throat> obviously we've progressed, you know, we've gone from through the acting years into personal training, taking on bodybuilding. And during this phase, you would have been deep into your sort of personal trainer career. Yeah. Would you say
0: that? How long ago was that? It would have been two or three years ago, I would have thought. Yeah, something like that.
1: Yeah, so you definitely would have been a personal trainer for a few years. You worked with a number of clients. You were Mm. working as an online coach. And I've kind of forgotten actually where I was going to go with this. But essentially, you, you were kind of talking about this where you're looking at obviously trends in the industry and you're like, you know, I think I should do this and I should do these bits. Was was there a point at which this was kind of Instagram and social media was kicking off? Was that influencing a lot of your decisions on A, what to potentially post, how you should potentially look, why you should look in a certain way, how you should pose in a picture? Was it a lot of kind of, again, this constant poking and prodding that would have progressively started from okay, I've got acne, I'm a bit overweight, I need to do something about it. Okay, well, oh, maybe my shoulders aren't quite big enough now because I've worked out. I'm a bodybuilder now, so okay, my pose is okay or I'm constantly self-assessing. And then now mm. you have Instagram Paul. <laughs> and Instagram Paul, was this, you know, again, were you kind of, was that another progressive nature of you kind of poking and prodding yourself or who you are and who you were going to be? And
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we're all doing that continually, hopefully. Mm-hmm. This was as... I'm trying to think. I think was this hmm, was this before or after a certain relationship? Do you remember?
1: I don't know. It's your picture. I think it, it would I'm have been around names. It. Yeah,
0: it would have been around that. I think. But, yeah. Yeah. So I dated an influencery person, and there were both pros and cons to that. Obviously, and that's true of every relationship. And I'm sure she'd say the same. One hundred percent, say the same thing about me. And, you know, I, I can't say, oh, well, this person made me do this or made me do that. That's, that, that's not true. I was like, oh, okay, that's what you have to do. That's, you know, you're looking at someone who's successful and they behave in a certain way. So you're like, okay, so that seems to be what that's like. So let, let's go and do that. And, you know, Instagram's relatively new-ish, kind of, it's still relatively new. Yeah. And it goes through its own trends and cycles. And, and that was one of them. And so, yeah, I was probably figuring a bit of me out copying this kind of thing I'd seen in a couple of other different places, thought that's what you kind of had to do.
1: Did it influence, way had to, did it influence the way you trained or what you did when you were training? So no. was was there more emphasis on, right, I've got to get a picture when I'm at the gym with my shirt off? Oh, I'm there's more definitely pumped. that. Okay. Yeah,
0: yes. But that's true of anyone who's going to be creating a thing that...
1: This isn't a criticism. No, no, no I, I, this, this is a discovery. And no, what, no, no. I'm, what I'm trying to do is here is, you know, would have Paul, during his acting time, you know, been taking If Instagram pictures... was a thing, yes. Yes, he would have. <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then your life has progressed into that. So yeah. did, did you then go to the gym with the intention of creating content rather than training? Because you'd already established ah. a physique. No, it and wasn't with
0: the yet? intent of creating content, but I knew that would be a thing there. But then, you know, I look back and I'm like, what's the point in that content? And it's just here's me shirtless. How did that make you feel? With likes. Fantastic. You look, look yeah, me baby.
1: But when you look back on that now, do you do you cringe at it a little bit? Do you uh regret it? Do you
0: do you value it? Or probably all of the above. I don't think I regret it cuz cliché and wanky as this answer is. It's all part of a process of getting you kind of somewhere and clearly I was thinking something at the time and 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 trying it out and you know, I, I. It would also depend what I wrote with it. I guess if I wrote some like "A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step." Here's me shirtless. Like <laughs> you then, definitely wrote that. I probably did, and then <laughs> I will judge that, and I should feel I should feel embarrassed by that. <laughs> but you no, know, otherwise it's just one of those bits where I was like there's just it's self-serving as much as anything. But I thought that's what you had to do to sort of grow a business, and and maybe it is sometimes. I'm not opposed to still the occasional. One of those things. And because the occasional one, maybe it's a little bit of social proof. Maybe you just want a bit of validation. It's okay for that too, right? If it's all of the time and yet you say you're a coach, <laughs> that's, maybe a, that's maybe a different thing. So yeah, it's if you're going to go to the gym and film content or if I'm going to go and do that now, I would try and ask myself, what is the person watching this able to take away from it? And me being shirtless is uh, going to go wank over it, I guess, I suppose. I should probably make a grinder profile in that case
1: yeah well fair enough okay if anyone who's listening to this podcast really wants paul to create himself a grinder profile you know it's a bit i
0: know one of my old clients once told me that he he had a pt previously oh in uh this is this could be going down a dark route this is definitely a dark route that filled his books by creating a grinder profile going into soho and then just a phenomenal marketing idea Um, why not filled his books and like a Two days or something yeah. stupid.
1: Great. I mean, you know, you, you might have only had to have had restraining to bang
0: orders. like, you know, forty dudes just to get those clients. It's barely anything. <laughs> I
1: wonder what your DMs would have looked like. The pictures <laughs> oh. you would have had in there. Oh my word. Yeah. Um. Okay. So so yeah. <laughs> Transition. We, yeah, I suppose it's kind of this. This is an interesting era because obviously Instagram started to influence the way that you were working, how you were doing things. So I suppose again I proposition that from the the extreme ends of this. This was a different era in terms of social media and instagram mm. do you Do you think that Instagram was helpful in making you happier, or did the validation become a bit more addictive was there so then you felt like you had to be leaner longer or if you weren't like all these kind of things where the, the changes in mindset a bodybuilding contest does to you is augment the idea of what is lean and what is in shape for sure so when you add a little bit and you sit down and you can kind of feel a bit of a roll it doesn't feel like you feel a bit more anxious about it you're less likely hmm. to take your shirt off i'm coming from my own perspective no, 100% agree so with that. then from that instagram perspective people are seeing you in this shape did you ever feel like oh if i see them in real person and i've had like a few three <laughs> months of fat weeks and i've turned and yeah. turned a little bit chubby did that
0: influence things they're, they're definitely thoughts I experienced, but because I'd done enough preps by that point to know that those slightly irrational thoughts were coming. More adult. Yeah. Okay. That It was less of an issue. I still had those thoughts. So I'd still be like, oh my God, I'm on holiday. I'm going to take my show off. Someone's going be like, who the hell is this guy? Or I, <laughs> I remember going on dates from Tinder and Bumble and kind of whatever and being like, there's these certain photos on there they're gonna be they're just gonna be disappointed when i when i when I take my off because I'm like I don't have that six pack anymore it's gonna be gutting let's keep the lights off did it ever um, stop you did it ever stop no, you? no no it never right? did because and okay. that, and perhaps that would have been different if it was if Instagram was bigger during the first time I went through it maybe that that's certainly plausible but I think and I might just be fortuitous that way. That by the time I'd got to this stage, I was a little older. I'd gone through a bunch of stuff, yeah. and I knew how to manage those.
1: things. And that's quite lucky. Yes, you know, I think we're we're both lucky in that we do we haven't grown up in the age of social media because we're roughly about the same age. But we haven't grown up in the age of social media, and that kind of just massive influx of constant likes and comments and having to have a big social circle that's not really a social circle. It's just a <laughs> weird internet thing yeah. that people slip into your DMs rather than actually meeting up for a coffee and having a conversation where you can reciprocate in terms of body language and life and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I've gone way off the path. Because I kind of want these podcasts to be at least people to listen to and watch and do the thing. but that tangent's all day. Yeah, tangent's all day. And this, this is Paul's last picture Again, for those who are not necessarily tuned into the YouTube uh, channel and watching and looking at these pictures um, for the podcast, Paul is, uh, is in your bedroom? Yeah, that would... Yeah, yeah. That in his bedroom. Time, yeah. Very nice haircut, unlike our current haircuts, because this is shot in, in in when hairdressers or barbers have been shut for quite been, some months. It's been months. And so my I'm looking a bit more muffin top than usual. I had a skin fade in this photo. Now. <laughs> yes, a very nice skin fade. Nice tan as well. Looks like he's just competed. Looks a bit sad. Oh, that's interesting. A bit sad, I think. Probably we... we should
0: have sent a smiling one.
1: Yeah, maybe. Holding a trophy. Shirtless again, obviously. Obviously. This is Paul. Obviously. Um...
0: Well, this is about fitness related. To, <laughs> I thought they had to be shirtless.
1: <laughs> Tell me. was going to be like, here's me on a jet what, ski. <laughs> what, is, what is this picture? And, you know, why have you... Why do you want to talk about it today? Well, <laughs> not to the fact that you just want people to go on your Instagram and be like, Paul's really ripped. and
0: I mean, he's not right now, so... Well, I mean, if I could have just sent other ones, I would have sent you me on a jet ski. So this is, <laughs> I thought these were fitness related. So this it's the last time I competed, which is two and a half years ago, I guess now. I was actually going to compete last year and then I broke my collarbone. Collarbone? Coll- Can't make words. Collarbone. Playing rugby and then a pandemic hit and all that kind of stuff. So that's been kind of the case. So this was the last time I competed. The day after I competed with Pure Elite and won the category I was in, partially for the record because there weren't that many people in it because so sometimes the case of
1: bodybuilding you can have just one other person in your class and you wasn't it wasn't
0: just one other person but i
1: mean I, d- I know some other popular fitness people who have competed in certain categories in certain shows and, and yeah. won them and then decided to call themselves
0: like the heavyweight champion when actually there's only one <laughs> other person in the competition yeah i was like ah oh, we can't be doing that so like this was yeah, I, was, I mean, I was, I was again, I was pretty happy. I think I did a video the the day after this being like, sort of trying to put into perspective the the lessons I think I'd learned across multiple preps and being like, I'm happy with how I look right now. I'm also happy with how I look when I'm not this lean. I'm also happy with life doing this like this. I've done it enough times that if I didn't like this process or what it led to, I wouldn't keep doing it. But I'm also happy when I'm not like this. And for me, it was trying to put out this idea of like, look, sometimes I value going on holiday and seeing friends and family more and getting to go out and get drunk and going to a barbecue and not giving two shits what I put in my mouth. That sounded sketchy.
1: You have been on stage naked for three (laughs) months. That's very true.
0: I mean, it wasn't just on stage (laughs) naked for three (laughs) months. We didn't leave the stage. Got plinth. Or playing music or this laundry list of things that tends to suffer when you decide to get very lean. Like, your ability to do multiple things diminishes because your energy diminishes when you decide to go and get that kind of lean. And yet, at the same token, I quite like looking that kind of lean. If you genuinely ask me, what do I prefer looking like? The answer is that. Like, I'd be lying if I said otherwise. The reason I don't is that I recognize that while I prefer that, I don't necessarily prefer everything that comes with it. And so... I recognize there's a trade-off. You can't have everything all of the time. And I'm okay with that. So was it,
1: was there a... Do you feel like you have to get... Up, do you have to have a bit of pain to then come to that conclusion? How do you mean? So you've had a progressive nature of understanding your relationship with your body mm-hmm. so how lean you potentially are and also the acceptance of you aren't going to be that lean all the time yep. that that doesn't just happen overnight that this has clearly mm-hmm. happened over yeah. multiple occasions in terms of doing it kind of pretty wrong but getting in really good shape and getting the acknowledgement of it to then doing a bodybuilding competition and realizing okay well i've done a bit of prepping before i kind of know that i'm not going to be lean forever and then it just comes kind of progressive so do you almost need to have gone through that to then sort of self-realize the things yes
0: yeah look how many people intellectually understand something is terrible for them and keep doing it like loads like that's why people keep smoking it's not like oh my god it causes cancer does it i've never heard that before like obviously it's why people drunk text their ex at two in the morning despite deciding they'll never speak to that bitch again right it's we're not just rational creatures and so there is no escaping the negative thoughts that come along for the ride in any position that you find yourself in. So right now, would I have more thoughts if I had to take my shirt off and stand at the beach? Yes. Would I have different types of negative thoughts if I was in shape and did the same thing? Yes. Like there's no state of affairs where you just think wonderful thoughts about yourself. And if you ask yourself, would you like there to be, And you say, yes, well, then you'd turn into the world's biggest narcissist and you'd be an arsehole. I think I'm wonderful. I'm perfect. There's nothing wrong with me. I never have negative thoughts. Like that sounds like a turd of a human Like that you would never like to hang out with. So I think the realization comes across the years and with some experience that, okay, I'm okay with experiencing negative thoughts about different things. It's just then going, well, which ones, which negative thoughts do I want to expose myself to? And is it worth that? And for some of us, it's going to be worth that, and for others, maybe it's not worth it. And it's going to be worth it at different times of your life, as as well as others. So, yeah, that's probably a wrap up on on what I think there Rant over.
1: <laughs> that's fair enough. It's been it's been a really interesting thing because I'm I'm trying to sort of discover a, a different way to present health and fitness to people out there mm. by using pictures and people's journeys and and their their happiness and sadness around those things and the confidence or lack of confidence sometimes that they come from that and also Mm -hmm. the lessons they potentially learned. And I think some of the things I'm taking from you is that ultimately... You started at a point where you wanted to do something about the way you looked mm-hmm. and you took on that challenge, whether it was right or wrong, it didn't actually matter. It was just whether it's it was being right. a, whether it was being effective or not. Yeah. And it clearly was. And then there's clearly been different motivators for you want to attempt things like a bodybuilding competition, you know, posing on Instagram and taking these types of pictures, like why am I doing it? How am I doing it? And then again, you know, going into that other last picture of you competing again and actually just feeling more comfortable about yourself and the process at which you got lean was probably a bit easier and the,
0: the back end of it was easier as well and whatnot. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that it was easy. That doesn't mean oh, it's- Oh, I said easier. Yeah, exactly. But in case anyone's listening and is like, oh, that must be easy then. It's like, no. Like it, it just means I know how to implement the right strategies to manage that headspace and to be like, I know why I have to regain body fat. Part of me won't like that. But if I don't accept it, I'm going to develop an eating disorder, or I'll need to start taking steroids. Neither so of which I plan on doing.
1: I think the last, the last thing I'd kind of like to look at is we have those five pictures that we have talked about. Mm. Most of them are centered around either you being shirtless.
0: I thought that's kind of <laughs> what they had to be. So I might have misread the brief.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm on this one, I'd, I'd rather be less prepared and then kind yes, of uh, that's go for it. Terrible competing um, shirtless. So you me as like a kid, so we're just yeah. have a nice chat about that. We, we could. But then if we were going to look into the future that's beyond any of the pictures that you've even taken you haven't taken these pictures yet no. what, what do you think they're potentially going to look like and how, how are you going to feel about them?
0: As in physique photos? So as,
1: so as in you know you, you're now 32? Yeah. fucking 32. Yeah that's for sure. So he's, he's 32 you're going to be taking pictures when you're 40 you're going to be taking pictures when you're 50 you're going to be taking pictures
0: when you're 60 what are they going to look like? progressively more jacked. I'm just going to start <laughs> juicing. It's probably something a bit like they kind of look now, I suppose. One of the nice things for me after probably about 29-ish was I definitely by that stage, and I think this is true for a lot of people, you start to feel a bit more like you know who you are, as cliched as that is. And so there haven't been as many changes to my personality, I don't think, in the last few years compared to what there would have been through my teenage years and through my early 20s. And so perhaps those things will change. Perhaps my values will change and I won't want to be in reasonable nick across that period of time. Perhaps I'll discover that I really want to help launch rockets to space and physics is the way it lies and <laughs> who gives two shits what I look like. But I doubt that. You know, I I hope that I'll still be 70 years old busting out some chin-ups and being like, sweet, look what I can do compared to the others. Because, you know, I, I take pride in my physique in part because... You have to look after it if you want to make it last. And if you don't want to make it last, like, I've seen way too many people who almost look like prisoners are in their own body as they they age. And it's like, I have no intention for that. But at the same token, I recognize that, look, terrible things could happen. I could get hit by a car and end up paralyzed from the waist down or something like that. And if all I built my identity on is just this physique thing... How much am I going to, st- I am mean, you are probably struggle if you get paralyzed from the waist down, don't get me wrong, that must be a shit day and a shit, th- <laughs> shit thing to adjust to. But how much worse could it be if that's the only thing you've you've built your identity on, I, I suspect, quite a bit. So I would hope that over the next 20, 30 years, it's going to continue to consist of me in nice shirts posing by the Adriatic, the occasional shirtless one. Here's me climbing some rocks, jumping on a jet ski, playing some guitar, hanging out with friends and just enjoying A life spent doing things I love and with people I love. It's something like that. And then if we can have photos of that, sweet. Well, there we go. (laughs) What a nice way to end. That was lovely. Thanks, Matt.
1: Yeah, I hope hope a lot of you have been watching this or actually listening to it. I've taken a few uh, little bits away from it and enjoyed something other than someone talking about protein and thresholds and
0: so Lucene threshold
1: uh. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully it's been a bit a little bit different and you know i am hoping to get a number of other people on these podcasts and uh, show them my pictures as well yeah okay. that they're going to discuss the same five photos <laughs> it, it, do they have to exclusively be on grinder <laughs> <laughs> please yeah paul to to cap off this wonderful first potentially first podcast where can they find it you? It better be more than this one podcast. If This is like one standalone show <laughs>
0: yeah. that's never repeated.
1: It's like a weird show. <laughs> Just the marketing strategies to get, to get personal this training This is your grinder
0: life. Yes. Where can they find you? Um, yeah. Where yeah. You? So it, primarily Instagram. That's generally where I hang out. Body by Control is the handle. The website is www.bodybycontrol.com. You can find me there or Instagram that's about it. I think Gordon said the rest and I'm pretty sure you're bored of me talking by this point.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So if you have enjoyed this uh, podcast, give it a like, ask any questions in the comment section if you are watching on YouTube, and I'm sure Paul might be able to answer them a few for you. But thank you very much for joining us on this very first, what I think might be the first episode um, of the Greenhorn Fitness Podcast. Don't make any noise because we're doing like a little Boom. bit at the end, so I don't have to do it. You see, Boom. stop it. <sighs> There's a bit of ASMR. A- 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 we're yeah, just we could doing you this, just you know. deep breathing, start rustling some keys. Yeah, or like drinking things or eating crisps.